Hi, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to jump on here and say it came to my attention after Grant and I had recorded that I believe I had been mispronouncing the name of our victim in today's story, um, Tamla Horsford. So I had been saying Tamla throughout the episode. So I just wanted to say apologies for that. Um, I believe her name is pronounced Tamla. Um, thank you guys for listening and we'll get on with the show. Hello, and Hi. welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. Did I have to repeat that opening phrase to myself like 18 times before today? Absolutely. I know. Buffy had I'm, to leave the building. <laughs> yeah, Buffy got punted out. Um, I'm Grant Jacoby. I'm Bailey Bennett. And um, welcome to New Year, Same Us, yeah same podcast oh yeah we haven't we, yeah we absolutely haven't grown sort of or improved at all but we are still here so still here still kicking it 2022 yeah um you know so we're back we're back in your feeds and we're back with um some regular-esque episodes um what a concept i know so for for those of you who maybe haven't been following along over the last few weeks to months to years of resting witch face um we did sort of take um just a very extended hiatus just over the last couple of years as covid was raging in our lives and just you know we weren't feeling maybe up to recording at all, all the time so um we did we did return uh in the fall with an eight episode season of resting wish face that was exclusively us talking about buffy the vampire slayer which was really just something i think that you and i personally needed to get out yeah a little passion project yeah has never hurt anybody yeah and um so a lot of you were, were were nice enough to follow us along on that journey which was really wonderful and we hope that you enjoyed that um but at this point, we're we're returning to your feeds in a more semi-regular way. I think that the plan from here on out is for us to put out 10 episode seasons of, of Resting Witch Face. So you can expect 10 weeks in a row of content from us. And then we'll probably take short breaks between those seasons just so we can give ourselves more time to sort of catch up on our recording and, and make sure that we're doing this in a sustainable and fun way for us so that we can... Yeah, be in your ears again. So, yeah, I think that's all the business. Yeah, I think that's all the housekeeping. Um, yeah, apologies that that we took you know almost two years off mm. when literally we just like sat around doing nothing. Mm. Like easily could have mm. recorded virtually and just were like no. Mm-hmm. But like, how many people? I mean, weren't we all well, just not wanting to do anything for twenty twenty? That and also I think that like especially during. I never know the, the correct way to refer to it. I tend to say, like, peak right. quarantine. Right. Because people are just, like, like, po- like people refer to, like, now as post-COVID. Which is like, certainly not. No, nope, it's still going not on. That's how that works. But I do think that, like, especially with our 
genre and content. Mm-hmm. It was just like, didn't feel like the right time to be like, okay, so <laughs> the world <laughs> is falling apart. Let's talk about murder. Yes. And also like, I was saying this to you earlier, Grant, we were like, so are we going to do our complaints at the end of the episode? It does feel particularly kind of gross to be just complaining. But the thing is that we are going to do it. So we're going to do it. <laughs> and I think that we're going to lean more towards like true pettiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in some of you know, early episodes, we were complaining about politics mm. and... Just so young. What a different th- time. <laughs> it's like things that we so were like, young, really wild, about. and free. <laughs> I know. So, so naive. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, but I guess to get into things, do, do you have a badass bitch of the week? Yeah. Um, crazy. Okay, okay yeah. we're going to do badass Woo. bitch. Well, yeah, we did. I guess we sort of did badass bitch during the Buffy season, but it was just Sarah Michelle Gellar every week. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, so my... She, she swept that category, yeah, she, she, for sure. She, she, she let the Academy know she's our big winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, another extremely just sort of obvious badass bitch that, like, every person and their mother has already... Um, distinguished as an incredibly important woman of our generation. But I just want to talk about Zendaya for a minute. I feel like we've done her before and I don't care. I don't think we have. Okay. I don't care if we we did JK Rowling like 18 times, which like, we're going to have to like retcon that again. Like it was a different time and we were sort of (laughs) so naive. Um, No. uh, Yeah. I want to talk about Zendaya currently as we're recording, we are, finally getting back into the second season of euphoria grant i can't remember if you watch mm-hmm. okay i, do. I uh, haven't seen the second of the like standalone episodes okay. that came out a year ago but it's, it's beautiful um but i i mean what a what a gorgeous haunting dark hot show and zendaya is is bringing a hundred percent to every single episode it's just a show that i love so much but i also know that she's she's obviously thriving in many other aspects of her life right now. I don't know if you saw Dune, but I... I did not. She, she's she's really billed as being a star of that film, and, and I don't want to spoil anything for you, but she gets about seven minutes of screen time. But she's going to be much more highly featured in the second Dune film. I see. But it was a great movie, and she and Timothy together, it's sort of too powerful. I don't really even know how to handle <laughs> it. Um I'm also aware she is involved in the Spider-Man franchise, but that is just something I cannot speak to. And I haven't seen a Spider-Man film since it starred Tobey Maguire. So sort of don't come at me about that. I know it's important. And she's, she's dating Tom Holland, which is very important to people as well. And they seem very cute together. But I just think in general, she's just taken over and is a gorgeous, gorgeous, talented human being. So yeah, I just want to say that like, for someone who is really in tune with pop culture and like film, TV, music, trivia, like all the above. Mm. I just don't give a shit who's dating who. That's very interesting. I do care. Unfortunately. I I care like in terms of like the fact that Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. are still married. Like I care about that. Of course. But I don't care. Like, like like good for Zendaya and Tom Holland for dating. Right. Like that's, that's great. But like when I'm going through, like I clicked on one related post on Instagram and now a mm-hmm. decent amount of my discover page on Instagram is just like ship accounts for that couple. And I'm just like, I, that's great for them. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. I just don't care about heterosexuality that much. That's that is a really that's a really strong take. Um, <laughs> I would also say that TikTok is teaching me just how many celebrity relationships are staged, which like I mm. should have known. We should we should have all like known. Um, I'm trying and you're to not think. Surprised, well, like but... I think like a lot of Taylor Swift's relationships. Like I don't think any of us believe that Taylor Swift and Harry Styles were ever dating. Like that sort of situation um also i believe like ben affleck and anna de Armas, like there's a lot mm-hmm. of just like pr relationships um allegedly like sean mendez and i mean Camila. what was that yeah i don't know <laughs> there's a lot of hot takes about that i just yeah we're not going to get into that discourse yeah. we're above that um, so also just like to say not that i've ever posted on tiktok but i did follow you and you've not followed me back Oh, shit. I mean, it's very embarrassing that I'm on... I don't want people to know that I'm on TikTok. Yeah, I I opened it... I open it when, like, if someone will text me a TikTok. Mm -hmm. I get all my TikTok, like, information from Instagram, which just shows what generation I'm in. Well, that's, you know, we're... We're thir- some of us are 30 and some of us are pushing some, 30. So some of us are indeed 30. Won't say who, but some it's half possible, of us possible. in this, in this um, chat are 30. <laughs> Do you have a badass bitch? Yes. Of um course. so during the pandemic, just like the past couple of years, like music has always been really important to me, but like music took on like a very different shape in my life where I feel mm-hmm. like music was always kind of like to fill the void of like a commute mm-hmm. and like I'd find an artist I like or an album I like and listen to it while I work and like me and blah 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 but suddenly when like I was forced to be s- sitting at home like mm-hmm. all the time I just like found music especially like really aggressive pop music to be like my escape mm-hmm. especially when I'd go on my like two to three hour mental health walks around Brooklyn mm-hmm. um so I, I might have already done her before in one of our like one-off episodes during a pandemic I don't care um but Charlie XCX is my mm-hmm. baddest bitch of the week and her music really took over my life the past couple of years because it's like party music, but it's like not sad party music, but there, there's, there's a depth to it that is um, I was surprised to find. Mm-hmm. And she does a lot of kind of experimental. She's a very experimental, experimental approach to pop music. So it's just like, unlike anything I'd ever heard before. And it was kind of one of those things where like I first heard it and I was like, ugh, like I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And then I kept listening to it more and I was just like, wait, this is like a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also just an incredible ally of the lgbtq community and like her entire audience base is basically gays of course and she and she leans into it and loves it um which is just so refreshing to see and also what i also really like about her is that she like no disrespect to like obviously like i love artists like adele and beyonce who like release an album and then disappear for like seven years yeah and it's like, cool, like, that's great. Like, you're doing your art on your own time. That's great. But, like, what I love about Charlie is that she really pumps out music. And what she does a lot is she'll, like, share even, like, demos with fans. And, like, her, she recorded an album during, the dur- like, during quarantine called How I'm Feeling Now. Mm-hmm. It's fucking excellent. And she literally, like, recorded it in six weeks, like, with the input of her fans. Like, she'd go on Instagram Live and be like, what do you think about this verse? That's or these cool. lyrics? Or, like, um, and just a very kind of communal approach which i just love and just was kind of a very different level of connecting during this time Mm -hmm. um and especially connecting from like an artist to their fans in a very appreciative way which um i really really spoke to me 
Mm-hmm. And then also just the music just fucking slaps. And, it's, you know, again, if you're like on these like long walks, it's just like, I need something to distract <laughs> me. Like how about the most aggressive sounds in my ears that just like make me want to be like shaking my ass in a club, which will like never happen again someday but. i love that <laughs> i'll be too old by the, by the time the clubs like really reopen up i'm gonna be too old we're gonna be on a walker these, yeah for sure yeah these these noisy joints are already starting to <laughs> click clack their way to the grave <laughs> jesus <laughs> um yeah i can't say that i have listened to charlie xcx all that much but which i should rem- i should remedy but I, I can make you a little i can make you a little playlist that would be nice. I, I've, so it's She's not for everyone. Like, my mm. partner hates her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... <laughs> Blast him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, I res- I like, I like respect it because I didn't like her at first. Like, I found her music very, like, monotone and just mm. kind of, like, big beats and, like, songs about, like, getting fucked up. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But then when there's a, a lot of layers underneath it. And um, she's also just, like, really fucking hot. Yeah. And, like, I'll see, like, like photo shoot she's done. I'm just, like, it. she's one of the few people that I'm like, ooh, I'm questioning my sexuality right now i love that i do um, i will say that i i remember when spotify wrapped 2021 happened i t- i have to every single gay that i know top genre was dance pop and it was just like charlie uh, <laughs> yeah so not to put also myself on blast i was so she's been my, been my number one artist two years in a row mm-hmm. 2020 and 2021 and this year i was in her top 0.05 percent wow Good for you. And, just, and and it was a moment of like I was like I'm actually like really embarrassed that <laughs> that's really all I've been listening to for two years. But then also it was like a true dedicated fan. I mean, Grant, it's it's better than the alternative, which is me. Which is first of all, I have Apple Music. How embarrassing! Oh, During yeah. Spotify Wrapped <laughs> Week, I have nothing. <laughs> I have so- absolutely nothing. And then. Also, I listen to this podcast so much that my music consumption is serial killer level low. Like, it'll be like, you listened to 50 hours of music this year. That's, that's what I'm doing. So. Well, you know what? Good for you in a certain way, because <sighs> I, I literally haven't listened to a single podcast episode since March 2020. Oh my God. It's all I, I do. Think, okay. Because you're not the only one I've had this discussion with. I think that. For me, I was listening to more podcasts than I was music prior to the to COVID, mm-hmm. and then it switched. I think because for me, music became more of escapism. Yeah, and um, whereas podcasts are very obviously like require a lot more attention span in some ways. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I love dark shit, and I just like wasn't able to like enter that place. But I do feel now that I'm going to start commuting into an office. And I have a, a car ride. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. got to pick back up. Can't wait. Don't know. Don't even know where to start. You can start <laughs> with this podcast. <laughs> True. Hey, I can listen to my own podcast. I did. I used to listen to us for like a little while, mm-hmm. and then I stopped. I don't know why I stopped. I still listen to us. I have to. I have to admit. But it's it's also Maybe. like a, a self. I'm like I listen to us, and I'm like Bailey, stop interrupting grant so much like why do you say like every other word it's actually well, a really yes. it's a self-care yeah, exercise you, you definitely can learn a lot about your own vocal failings mm-hmm. if you record a podcast i think for me what i enjoy about listening to us back and maybe this maybe i should is kind of remembering where we were at that time mm-hmm. or like even like the stories like i was going i was doing my own research for my episode for next week 
And I literally had, and I was texting you this whole time, but I was like going through like our entire feed being like, did we do this already? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was kind of fun because I went back and I was like, well, I was able to tell which ones were which because like who did which one just by like yeah. memory's sake. But then it was also like, oh, this one, I think I remember what happened during this. But at some point I was like, I need to go back and listen to us talk about it. I would listen to, I would listen to old episodes of Resting Witch Face earlier in the pandemic because it felt like I was hanging out with you. So. Oh, tears. Yeah. I know. Yeah, one, one, not that I regret being as careful as I was, you know, during all of 2020 into like up until the vaccine, but mm-hmm. definitely like a regret I have is that you and I lived like maybe two miles from each other and just couldn't bother to even go for a Never. sensible COVID walk. Never saw each other. Anyway, um, I mean, should we oh, get yeah. into the story for today? Sure, yeah. So Whoops. I'm, no, it's fine. I mean, what yeah. we have to start off with 15 minutes of talking about nothing. Um, Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing the story today. Um, I already sort of gave you a heads up about this grant, but it sounds like you don't Mm -hmm. know this story. I don't. And I've already forgotten what it is. Okay, great. So the story that I'm going to be telling you today is one that like, I, I really haven't stopped thinking about this for a long time now. So a lot of you guys may know about it already because it really rose to prominence in the summer of 2020 during the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests surrounding George Floyd's murder. So this was a time when a lot of people were looking back on, I mean, many different um, moments in recent history, but they were really looking back on like some unexplained tragedies that may have been overlooked at the time. Um, And this one stands out as being especially chilling and confusing to me. So I'm gonna be talking today about the unexplained death of Tomla Horsford. So I got a lot of this information from actually two different Rolling Stone articles by Niall Capello, um, as well as our girl, Wikipedia. (coughs) (laughs) So let's get into it. On November 3rd, 2018, Tamla Horsford attended an adult sleepover party in Cumming, Georgia, at the home of a friend. The party was attended by a group of, quote, football moms, as well as a few men. Um, Tomla was the only black person in attendance. Everyone else at the party was white. The next morning, the 40-year-old mother of five was found dead in the backyard. So Horsford was born in St. Vincent in the Grenadines, which is a country in the Caribbean in 1978. Uh, She lived there with her family until they moved to the Bronx in 1989, and she met her husband, Leander, in Florida, and he had a daughter from a previous relationship, and they went on to have five sons together, the youngest of which was only four years old when she died. Mm. So five and a half years before this incident, they had moved to Georgia for Leander's work, and Tomlin became really well-loved by the community there. They started to, to make friends and establish themselves in Georgia. They did live in a primarily white suburban region of Atlanta in Forsyth County, which I feel like I now have an awareness of because of the hellish 2020 election where we were like seriously biting our nails over every single county in Georgia and what they and mm-hmm. what what votes were going to come in, but it's an area that I mean no surprise has a history of racism. It's it's the south, um a history of 
violence towards Black residents. And while the landscape of Georgia is slowly changing, as we saw last year, as early as 1990, according to this Rolling Stone article, the entire county was recorded as having only 14 Black residents. And that was only, Hmm. you know, 30 years ago. Wow. So on the night of November 3rd, 2018, Tamla was going to celebrate the party of one of her friends who was named Jeanne Myers. Um, the group of moms at the party had mostly met through a local youth football league that their um, children played in, and Jeanne invited them all to spend the night at her house for her birthday party so that no one would be drinking and driving home. Um, according to different accounts, so this is this is a little bit weird. I was, as I said, I was going off of this Rolling Stone article, and then I was also looking at Wikipedia and and glancing at other articles a bit as well. And the the timeline differs a lot. Um, hmm. The Rolling Stone article says that Tamla arrived at eight thirty, and the Wikipedia article says she arrives arrived at ten. And other parts of the timeline are also different. I feel like the Rolling Stone article is probably more um, accurate. I would have to assume so. So, yeah. So I think um, we can say Tamla arrives at the party around 8.30 after cooking dinner for her children and saying goodbye to her husband for the night. She brought a bottle of tequila with her and an overnight bag, and she changed into her pajamas upon arriving at the party. So the party was originally meant to be all women, but um, Jeanne's boyfriend, whose name is Jose Barrera, and the husband of another one of the attendees, whose name was Tom Smith, ended up being in attendance. Um, all in all, the group included nine women, those two men, and one husband who, according to police interviews, only dropped off and picked up his wife. Out of these 12, okay. eight people, including Tamla, were planning to spend the night. So the night started off with the women drinking, watching football, and playing games together upstairs while the two men watched football downstairs in the finished basement. Um, Horsford was a regular smoker, the only regular smoker in the group. So she had she was stepping out on the balcony several times during the night to have a cigarette. Um, and she also smoked marijuana during the party, which she had brought with her. But Jeanne asked her to stop because she thought that her boyfriend, Jose, wouldn't approve. So Jose is actually... Um, at the time is a pre-trial lawyer so like sort of mm-hmm. similar to a parole officer so she like i think thought that he wouldn't he wouldn't like tomla smoking in the house or outside um eventually the two men joined the party as well and they played card- cards against humanity together and they all continued drinking so Photos and videos captured that night show that Tomla was having a good time. She was happy. And while she was she was drinking, you know, like a somewhat significant amount of tequila, she didn't appear overly drunk in these videos. So the guests who uh, were not planning to spend the night started leaving the party around 11.30 p.m. And those who were staying started to make their way to bed over the next couple of hours. So by 1.30 a.m., Jeanne and her boyfriend, Jose, also went to bed, but Horsford was still awake at this time, um, and she was last seen alive by a woman named Bridget Fuller, who was picked up by her husband at 1.47 a.m. So Bridget would later tell police that at the time, Horsford was eating a bowl of gumbo, and she told Bridget that she was going to smoke one more cigarette before going to bed. 
Um, and the home security system tells us that the back door was opened, closed, and then opened again one last time at 1.57 a.m. So this is potentially an important detail. And from what I can gather from my research, it seems that the door was left open all night. So um, one other discrepancy, as I described before, was the timeline in the morning. So the Rolling Stone article says that the body was discovered around 8.45 a.m., which makes more sense with the timeline of the 911 call. The Wikipedia article says it could have been found as early as 7.30 a.m., which is like more concerning because the 911 call was put in at 9. So hmm. I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. But Rolling Stone cites the 8.45 a.m. timeline when Tomla's body was discovered by Madeline Lombardi, who is Jan's aunt who lived with them. Um, so she like woke up to make her morning cup of coffee and looked out the window and saw Tomla's body laying face down in the grass behind the house. Um, and she immediately went to wake up Jean. Um, according to the Rolling Stone article, what she said to Jean what, or Jeanne was, um, there seemed to be something wrong with her, quote, friend from the islands. Oh. Yeah. So Jeanne and her boyfriends get up, go, go downstairs and, and see what's going on. Um, and they call the police together right before 9 a.m. to report what had happened, um, saying, quote, she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. She's completely face down in the yard. She's stiff. Quote, she was drinking and it looks like I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, Jan said. Oh. So the police arrive at 9.07 a.m. Um, and Tamla is pronounced dead at the scene. Her body is immediately sent for an autopsy. But right away, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office really begin to look at the death as an accident right away. So uh, they're supporting the theory that her intoxication had caused her to fall from the second story deck behind the house. And let me just say here before I go any further, it's entirely possible that Tomla's death was simply a tragic accident. Everything that we're saying here is conjecture, but the problem is that there are so many issues with the investigation around her death that we mm -hmm. might never really truly know what happened. So her toxicology report from the autopsy, unsurprisingly, tests positive for THC. We know that she was smoking marijuana at the party and her blood alcohol content was at 0.238, which is almost three times the legal limit to drive. So I will say that that blood alcohol level for most people would be quite drunk. Um, it's a level of disorientation, possibly vomiting and blacking out is, is likely at that level. So, however, I will remind you that right before she allegedly stepped outside to have the cigarette, she was co coherent enough to be eating and talking to another woman at the party, even if it was yeah. only a quick exchange. And, you know, from the videos earlier in the night, it didn't seem like she was out of control of her facilities. Um, so make of that what you will. But additionally, Jose Barrera, Jan's boyfriend, said that he found an unlit cigarette and a lighter on the deck. So hmm. four months after um, 
the case was opened, the sheriff's office made their official determination that the death was caused by an accidental fall and cited her THC and blood alcohol levels as leading to this fall. Yes. Hold on. I'm sorry. You might get to this, but like Mm -hmm. if they did an autopsy, how did she die? Do we know? There's, there's more. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the initial autopsy discovered multiple blunt force injuries, which the office said would have been caused by the fall. So they're basically saying she sustained such bad injuries from falling from a second story deck that she died on the spot. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess if she felt if they, you said she was found face down. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess like in theory from a second store story balcony if you were super fucked up and you fell mm-hmm. onto your face mm-hmm. i'm not buying it I'm, i mean like i obviously i'm not buying it but right i mean continue. i think i think there's always like it's the sort of thing where it's like if you fell even if it's even if it wasn't from that great a height but you fall in just the right way that mm-hmm. it could it, it could be fatal like i totally see that but obviously mm-hmm. just like the circumstances of this situation it just doesn't look good it doesn't look good that no. she's the only black person at this party in a racially divided part of Georgia and her death seems so inexplicable. So yeah. clearly family and friends were pretty surprised and confused by this determination. Yes, Tomla had been highly intoxicated, uh, but witness accounts and the videos from the night show that she was still seemingly in control of her facilities. So furthermore, the deck in the backyard had almost a four-foot railing that would have prevented you from falling over. Mm-hmm. And the fall to the ground would have only been about 15 to 20 feet at the most. That's not very much. Right. And it's <laughs> and it's onto grass. As far as I can tell, it's not like down mm-hmm. onto like a concrete patio or something like that. And she was found in the grass. So many speculated that a fall from such a height just would not have been severe enough to cause the injuries that she had as well as her death additionally the family felt that the scene had not been properly preserved so not all the evidence was tested and potential witnesses were not immediately being interviewed because they just weren't treating it as an instance of foul play they were immediately sort of deciding this death was accidental um and the family wondered if the investigation would have gone differently if she were not a black woman at, at an all-white party. Probably. <laughs> so, yeah. So they question, uh, the, the family is, is really questioning some of the individuals who work at the county sheriff's office, including Deputy Coroner Chris Shelton, who had actually been forced to resign from a nearby police force in 2014 for distributing photos of himself posing with racist dolls. So um, there's a there's a sort of a history of it within the police force. Um, however, what a history of racism in the police? Isn't that crazy? Um, I've never heard of that before. I will say it's been stated that Shelton allegedly did not work on Tomla's case. If if that means anything. So it doesn't. But. So by by February twentieth of twenty nineteen, thirty people, including friends, family, and partygoers, had been interviewed. And Joe Perkins of the sheriff's office stated, "Quote: It was a party. They were drinking. She was drinking. Most of the partygoers had gone to bed at the time, and she was on the deck alone." Another piece of this that people question is like, if people had just been going to bed. 30 minutes or so before her death, would they not have heard her fall from 
the deck that was right outside their windows or like maybe she would have screamed or like, I don't know. That and you said, I mean, do you know how tall she was? I don't. Because a four foot railing is pretty high unless she was like. Well, something. I mean, I know you can fall from wherever. but Right. So I think I'll, I'll mention, I think I mentioned this later, but um, the speculation has been that she potentially leaned over the railing to vomit and like just went too far. Um, there was also a possibility that maybe she was like sitting up on the railing mm, to smoke a mm-hmm. cigarette, but it is weird to me that this, the cigarette is unlit. You know what I mean? Like it, so yeah. I think it makes more sense that she would have gone outside, put the cigarette and the lighter down on the table next to her and then like went to vomit. And that's when she would have fallen rather than her like sitting up on the railing to smoke. Cause if it, I think that that were the case, she would have had the cigarette in her hand or it would have already been lit. I was, I was going to say, I feel like if you found the cigarette and lighter near her body, mm-hmm. that would indicate that it went over the railing with her. But was like, I mean, was there any vomit found? That's a really good point. I mean, the, I, <laughs> nothing that no, none of my research has shown that there was. So Tomlin's family and friends then call for a second independent autopsy that was conducted conducted by the Georgia uh, Bureau of Investigations. This medical examiner's report said Tomla had blunt force trauma to her head, neck, torso, and extremities, including abrasions on the face, four types of hemorrhages on the skull and brain, dislocation of her right wrist, and cuts on her arms and legs. She also suffered a broken neck and a laceration to the right ventricle of her heart. Nope. She was... She did not fall. (laughs) I I, I mean, it's just... That is wild to me. Um, She was also found to have a small amount of anti-anxiety medication in her system. There's a little bit of complication surrounding this. I'm not really going to get into this, but I did read one article where people have really been questioning where this anti-anxiety medication came from. I believe it's Xanax. Um, And there's speculation that one of the other women at the party was known for selling Xanax to her friends, but everyone Mm. said she had not given any to... Tamla that night but the, the reason that this is important is just because like having a xanax in your system along with that much alcohol along with that much marijuana could have put her into more of a state of disorientation but there there isn't a lot of answers around right why they found that um the lead investigator who also examined Tamla's body position w- when she was found at the scene quote most notable when Tamla was turned over was the fact that she had come to rest face down her head had not been canted to one side or the other. Horsford's legs were also found to be extended behind her with both feet pointing to the right and her right arm close to her body. Her left arm was found extended and bent at the elbow. So her injuries and her resting position make advocates doubt whether this could have been the result of such a fall and speculate that the injuries to her arms and hands could be seen as defensive wounds, suggesting that an altercation could have happened before going over the edge of the deck or that she was even potentially placed in the backyard because her Mm -hmm. resting position was so sort of strange. So as I mentioned before, really frustratingly, potential evidence may also have been 
compromised or missed completely in this investigation. So of course. the scene was never secured. And Jose Barrera, who is the pre-trial officer, the boyfriend of the woman that lived in this house, told investigators that he had actually touched the body and said he moved Horsford's leg while he was trying to figure out if she was still alive. He also said that he moved the unlit cigarette and the lighter on the deck before he saw the body, and he was the one who allegedly found the cigarette and the lighter outside. Interesting. But because the police believed the death to be an accident, they never fingerprinted any of the evidence. Uh, of course not. Um, plus... Barrera stated on the original 911 call that security cameras were installed and pointed at the backyard, but of course, the batteries were dead and the cameras were not recording. So we love that. During the autopsy, a sexual assault kit was not done and fingernail clippings were never collected, which of course could have been utilized to see if she maybe had to defend herself in an altercation. They can sometimes find DNA under people's fingernails. Mm -hmm. That was not conducted. Furthermore, while speaking with police about two weeks after the death, fellow party attendee Stacy Smith expressed doubt that Horsford could have fallen. Quote, I don't get it at all, Stacy told police. I mean, I've been on that deck like a million times. I've looked and I've tried, testing a theory that a drunk Tomla had leaned over to vomit but gone too far, and I don't understand. Stacy also says that Tomla wasn't acting sick despite the amount of alcohol she drank. Another party goer, Bridget, who was the last one to see her alive, said Tomla was a, quote, seasoned drinker and says it would have taken an enormous amount of alcohol to knock her on her ass. Also, I mean, I'm pretty sure, not that I have any medical knowledge, but so if you're drinking, mm-hmm. it's not like your blood alcohol content is going to be what it is upon, like, your first sip or whatever. Mm-hmm. It it increases over time if you've been drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. So in theory, she could have been like, by the time they tested her blood alcohol, like it could have been super duper high, but at the time of her death, it may not have been as high. So she right. could have like, like had she not been killed, she might've gotten to the point of blacking out or mm-hmm. vomiting or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's a chance that she died hours earlier. Right. Right. No, I, I think it's, it seems, I mean, I didn't find anything in here about her exact time of death, but it seems like mm-hmm. it would have happened right after right around 2 a.m. right well yeah i was gonna say that's what also be the kind of the i feel like important to know is so she was last seen at 1 47 a.m mm-hmm. excuse me if she didn't die until 3 30 a.m mm-hmm. that'd be a different story mm-hmm. which like i don't know i mean i guess they can pinpoint to that specificity now a lot of the time but again like i right. said like they weren't really treating this case as right. uh any any foul play so they're they're isn't a lot of the evidence that you would normally expect in a situation like this. Mm -hmm. So in February of 2019, things got even more complicated when Jose Barrera was actually fired for using his position as a pretrial officer to illegally access the incident report for the case through their database. So, Oh boy. And he's the boyfriend. He lived in that house. I don't know if he lived there, but he is the boyfriend of the woman that owned the house. And he was, yes, there Ooh, there that night. Um, that's not good. It's, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I think, of course, your mind immediately turns to the two men that were at the party. Um, mm-hmm. Jose comes up frequently. The other man, Tom Smith, 
really doesn't come up in any of these conversations. Um, but the thing about Jose is that we know that they allegedly only went to bed around 1.30 a.m. So mm-hmm. is, there, is there a possibility that Jose got back out of bed to go downstairs to to get some water or like went downstairs to purposely talk to Tamla. There's people who think some, there could have been like a sexual advance made towards her. And that's what could have started an altercation. I mean, again, this is all conjecture, but for what reason would Jose have been trying to illegally access this file? Right. So additionally, Tamla's close, close friend, Michelle Wynn Graves um, helped to bring this information to light. Um, and she's really had an ongoing conflict with the rest of the people from the party. Um, seven of the party guests actually ended up suing Michelle Graves for defamation for posting Facebook posts that basically accused them all of being responsible for Tomla's death. While this lawsuit was dismissed, um, they have appealed. So the other side of this is is like, if this really was an accident, the people at this party are... I mean, it seems like especially the women who are friends with her are distraught over this situation and um, are now being accused of being murderers when many of them probably had nothing to do with it. But again, like, we just don't know what happened. And it just seems so strange. Yeah, I'm really not buying the accidental fall (laughs) story Uh based on just her injuries, so... So, yeah, the case um, the case faded from the headlines until 2020, shortly after George Floyd's murder. On June 5th, 2020, Ralph E. Fernandez, who's the Horsford family attorney, wrote a letter to Horsford's husband, Leander, claiming that his team's investigation into the details of the case strongly suggested homicide. It said in part, quote, Witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to law enforcement arriving. Evidence was disposed of and no inquiry followed. The scene was not preserved. He also stated that Horsford's injuries were, quote, consistent with those of a physical struggle, but that the absence of photos from the initial autopsy prevented a definitive conclusion. An Atlanta journalist published this letter a few days later. These autopsy photos would become quite a point of contention as it's pretty unheard of to not take photos during an autopsy. Um, and while they're they're going they're really going back and forth about these autopsy photos, and there's claims that photos were taken, but to this day, no one has seen them. They have not been released to the family's attorney. So At this point, her story spreads once again, um, starting with protesters in her hometown of Georgia who are including Tomlin's name in their protests during the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, A change.org petition to reopen the case got more than 600,000 signatures, and the story got the attention of celebrities like T.I., 50 Cent, Gabrielle Union, and Kim Kardashian. So under new pressure on June 12th, 2020, Forsyth County Sheriff Ron Freeman sent a letter requesting that the case be reopened and investigated by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. However, on July 28th, 2021, they concluded this reinvestigation and they decided not to pursue criminal charges. So I don't even really have any information about what came out, if anything, what came out of this second investigation. But again, it's they're coming to the same conclusion that it's consistent with an accident and there isn't further evidence to be able to pursue someone as a suspect. And at this point, because they didn't 
collect that, that evidence from the crime scene, I don't know how they would even be able to find something else because it's just botched already. I think that they would need someone to come forward mm-hmm. as like either eyewitness or some sort of, you know, accessory after the fact. Mm-hmm. I think someone from that party would need to come forward and say, I know more than what I've told prior. Right. Yeah, because it's like, who... I mean, aside from the the guy who was accessing the files illegally, like, it doesn't seem like there's a motive, per se. Right. If these are all, like, her quote-unquote friends, like, right. she's at this, like... <sighs> right, it's, it doesn't feel yeah, like... How weird. I mean, I don't... I don't know. If it feels in a way like from what we know about the the attendees at the party that there isn't enough to jump to the conclusion that this was like a hate crime, but I think mm-hmm. I think the most plausible story to me, which again, there isn't really evidence that we have to support this, but the idea that potentially Jose or the other man made some sort of sexual advance towards her, like she was out on the deck uh, going to smoke a cigarette he came out there to join her because the door was left open so that allows for someone to have gone out there without the security without the alarm system picking up on the door opening and closing again so he could maybe maybe he went out there to join her tried to make a pass at her they got into some sort of altercation and she was more forcefully not maybe not even pushed over the side it still could have been an accident but like that makes more sense to me how she would have actually gone over that railing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, again, conjecture. I have no idea. Because, but I will say though, kind of to your point earlier, we said if she went over the balcony accidentally, wouldn't someone have heard her potentially scream mm-hmm. or fall? If there was a, if there was like an altercation on a balcony, it would have been louder. Right where near where someone's sleeping and with the door open. Yeah, you'd think that it would be even louder. Yeah. Unless it was a kind of thing where something happened, she went over the railing, fell. Is it possible that that person like went into the backyard to then kind of like Yeah, because I mean there's no there's she has so many injuries, but there's no yeah. there was no like that's a, that's a lot of injuries. But there's for no a fall. weapon. There's no weapon. Right, there's no weapon. But I also don't I don't know if they looked for one, but that there you know that that was that's just not a piece of this and i don't yeah. know enough about um what the house looked like to be able to mm-hmm. tell you like where was the deck situated in relation to the bedrooms or where people were sleeping right, right, right. um and there also were drinking and so there's a chance that like right. they all just kind of like passed out right um i mean also conjecture but is there a chance there's always also the chance that like jose is that his name mm-hmm. that he wasn't checking the file on his own behalf, but on behalf of his girlfriend mm-hmm. who owned the house to see like, mm-hmm. what do they have mm-hmm. on my, my gal? I mean, I will say that like, even if there was no foul play involved, even if this, if this was just an accident, I could see someone who was that close to the case wanting to see what the file looked like to see if like, things were going to be okay for them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, cause I think it, it looks so bad and there's no getting around that. Um, and I think of course there could have been concern, even if it was an accident that it was going to turn into something else because of like assumptions yeah. that people were making. So like, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of complication here. Um, the last thing I'll say, wait, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say like, I'm, I'm such a 
conspiracy theorist in, mm-hmm. in these t- types of mysterious deaths where I'm like, well, it had to be more than one person. Right. It's kind of like like the Faith Hedgepath murder that we covered, which, by the way, they've made an arrest during. Ooh. In. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Someone who was un- totally not related, I think, to any of the research that had come out. So Interesting. Cool. But, of course, like my theory is like, especially given the, the specs of like, or she's the only black person in this house. Mm-hmm. Something happens. There's an altercation. Things get out of hand. Multiple people are involved. Mm-hmm. The easiest thing to do is just put her in the backyard mm-hmm. and cover it up. Totally. Like, she fell. Totally. <laughs> and then, then there's, if there's multiple people involved, there's multiple people to like corroborate each other's stories. And it's right. so easy to be like, we just, we just went to bed. Right. But that's, I guess it's, it's just jumping to so many conclusions. Assuming, <laughs> of course, no, of course. <laughs> like assuming that, Bridget, um, who was the last one to see her alive when she was apparently the only person still awake, like assuming she's telling the truth, like it just doesn't. Interesting. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Well, I feel like I also, I I also feel like a piece of this is that there's like a lot of judgment associated with Tomla having like been drinking that much and dr- and smoking marijuana yeah, where it's like everyone else's blood alcohol content right like it's like you're at a fucking blood party like it's like slurred that yeah it just feels like there's implicit judgment when that she was like this intoxicated when everyone at this party was drunk and the whole point of them sleeping over was because they were going to get drunk yeah I'm g- I hate yeah that already was raising a red flag for me right. where it's like It'd be one thing if you're talking about like this like casual like PTA meeting right. and everyone else is like sipping on Chablis and she walks in with a double handle of Jose Cuervo right. and she pounds to the face and she's like, let's go. Right. Which is just not. <laughs> but even then. Doesn't... <laughs> but also like, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Go off, queen. Um. So last thing, it's, it's worth noting that um, the lead investigator from the county, Mike Christian, did resign in October 2020 after allegations that he had sent multiple women that he was having extramarital affairs with confidential information about his cases, including Tomless. Really? Oh, yeah. So there's there's screenshots of Snapchat conversations that I will not repeat, but that prove he oh. made really tasteless and offensive jokes about Tomless' death to one of these <gasps> women that he was having an affair with. Clearly, like, there's just some rot in this police force um and whether that means whether that contributed to how badly this case was investigated like i don't know but that's it's definitely probably an important detail so in the end there still just aren't a lot of definitive answers for those who believe that tomlin's death was not an accident but there's also not a lot of definitive evidence to point to any other conclusion um it's still unknown if this was simply a tragic accident and horrible coincidence when it comes to the makeup of the people in attendance at the party or if botched areas of the investigation could be covering up more truth so i think in the end we can at the very least say that the color of her skin probably contributed to the lack of care taken in investigating her death. Um, again, everything that we've been saying is conjecture. We're jumping to a lot of conclusions. We're just um, playing with some theories here, but it's just a really tragic situation no matter what. Um, and, you know, she was, she had a husband and children. Um, it's just really, it's, it's terrible. And there's just, yeah, there's not a lot of answers. This is such a tricky thing too, because you know, 
like all the scenarios surrounding this case are like it just feels like roadblock after roadblock just and just hearing you describe it to me like okay like who's gonna look into that Mm -hmm. right where it's like yeah of course there was there were security cameras but they weren't working like of course they didn't take fingerprints of course like someone moved the body and they didn't secure the scene like it's just wild yeah i i just don't think I have a lot of thoughts about, obviously, about our the law enforcement in our country, but I'm just like, you can't cut corners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if, if you choose to uphold, even a medical examiner, it's like, you need to be doing your due diligence, like, around, like, no matter what, because right. these cases, unfortunately, we hear the stories of this, like, time and time again about everything you just said, fingerprints not being taken, mm-hmm. witness testimony not being taken, you know, rape kits not being taken, mm-hmm. Um, evidence getting lost, evidence getting destroyed. It's just like, it's crazy to me, especially in modern day technology where it's like, I, it's yeah. not that hard. Right. This only happened a few years ago. It doesn't feel like we should be this in the dark about these sorts of things. And I'm sure for her family, it's um, infinitely more frustrating. Oh. So, Well, and it would also be one thing, I mean, who knows what they've been able to share privately, but, it, you know, if there was some sort of true like explanation oh like these injuries could be caused by her falling this way from this angle right. you know maybe she hit something on the way down right. like s- something to be like oh these explain these injuries instead of just being like mm, right looks like a fall to me right which like from what i i mean from what i've seen I, ha- I haven't seen anyone go in depth about like exactly how each injury could have been um had There's a lot of injuries it's a lot so that's 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 the story um I I wish I had more. I wish we had more to go off of, but that's Oh no, that's I mean it. that's I mean that's why it's these types of cases are unsolved yeah. and why cases go cold is because of, you know, incompetence through the investigation and yeah. unwillingness, I'm sure in a lot of ways due to racial motivation to a racist motivation to not actually take the time and care to look into these types of things. Right. Well, I guess on that note, like, do we want to end with some petty complaints? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. You go Classic first. Full, full 180. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my complaint of this week has to do, as you know, I'm on a Peloton journey. I love that for you. Past like four or five months, really enjoying it. Um, you know, I've, I've never been one to subscribe to any sort of like, exercise phenomenon i've always found it like really Mm off-putting um but given covid and whatnot i I feel like it was at a point where it's like i need to i don't feel safe going back to a gym but i need to do something to better my body so really enjoying the peloton but and this is actually not even like peloton specific it's really just like any type of exercise specific i hate so much when you've like worked out you're sweaty even if you take some time to like cool down Mm -hmm. and then you go shower and you get mm-hmm. out of the shower and your body mm-hmm. like hasn't registered that you're done mm-hmm. working out. And so you're like still sweating post shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. It is so annoying. I used to like um, back in the day when I used to go to the office and sometimes I would like go to a workout class before work. And then like because there was there was one that one gym that I would go to near my office. So I would like shower right after and like sort of immediately go to work and just be sweating at my desk for hours. <laughs> I I did the I did the same thing. I used to back when at my old job there was a I would go to like use the studio below my office and then just like go to work and just be like mm-hmm. this sucks. And like <laughs> you're clean allegedly, but like you're not you're not really done, you know. 
Yeah, I, I sometimes will try to do is, I did this today actually before we recorded, is I had like a 15 minute window post Peloton pre-recording and I just like end up taking like a real lukewarm shower. Mm-hmm. I love that. Just like l- l- skewing cold mm-hmm. just to be like, all right, whatever, wow. nervous system, whatever controls my sweat glands, like chill out. <laughs> Good for you for already working out this morning. I'm barely awake. Well, I have, th- I have things to do and I need to shower anyways. And if you know anything about me, I hate showering and especially hate showering twice in one day. So yes. I'm not about to do it. For sure. So I, I had that brief window and I was like, here, here we are. Good for you, babe. <laughs> um, my complaint is like, I mean, it's, it's petty, but it's also like quite annoying. So basically, mm-hmm. um, I live in an apartment that we're on the third floor. We're on like, not a, not a main road, but like a semi busy street, but sometimes. Um, and for the past few months, um, the entire street in front of my building has been deeply under construction in in a way that I really, I just don't understand what they're doing. Like they seem to be sort of digging into the sidewalk to fix like a pipe issue that is like extremely extensive. Like they're ripping up Mm -hmm. the sidewalk just for blocks. Um, And I swear this has been going on for such a long time. I don't actually know how long it's been going on, but over this past week, they have moved on to the section of the sidewalk that's directly in front of our windows. And like the, my bedroom is right there and they start jackhammering at 8am, which Mm -hmm. like, you know, I should probably be up by that time on a weekday anyway. And I usually am, but just to be awoken by a sound that is vibrating the entire apartment in a way. Um, And I, you know, I do not blame the people that are doing this work at all. I'm sure it needs to be done. They, they're out there in the cold having to complete this project, like whatever they're doing good for them, but it's just really loud. Um, And the entire sidewalk is just like crumbled now. So, yeah. and I just feel like there's got to be a better way. <laughs> I think about this all the time whenever there's construction where it's like, especially like, like if you're doing like a long drive, like the New York to Boston drive, I've obviously done like a million times. And no matter what, there's always some construction and I'll be like, oh, like why, like, why are you doing construction at like 10 PM? And it's like, well, of course they're doing construction at 10 PM. It's because mm-hmm. there's why I make cars on the street. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I will say it's it's interesting having also lived in Brooklyn on a very busy street. There were times when like construction or like loud noises would k- keep us up at night. And then I'm moving to the suburbs where it's almost the opposite. I'm like, it's too quiet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, babe. But yeah, anyway, but what are you going to do? That's about it. Um, yeah, well, um, thank you guys so much for, for listening. listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> As, as always, you can uh, follow us at RWF Podcast um, mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter and email us at rwfpodcast at gmail.com. Um, Grant is very ahead on his research for this season, but I am certainly not. So if you've got some ideas, if you have stories that you want to hear us talk about, send them our way. Send us a DM. Send us an email. Um, yeah, we do love hearing your suggestions. Um, true crime, and... spooky, ghost stories, whatever it is. Yeah, send over things that like maybe don't often get covered yeah by other podcasts or like aren't really in the the current vernacular mm-hmm. per se we i love hearing think about things i haven't heard of before me I mean, too some of one of the ones i'll be doing in the next couple weeks is one i've just been like itching to do for years because it's like such a fascinating story mm-hmm. but there are a couple other ones i found that kind of like oh like 
I wouldn't have thought to do this one. Yeah. So, so we're going to have some fun. We'll see you guys yeah. next week and for it's, the next yeah. nine weeks. So yeah. thank you for you know, listening. Um, thank you for listening. Get vaccinated. Get boosted. Yeah. Stay safe out there. and Love you, babes. Bye, bitches. Oh, shit. Oh, why did I go with the nice thing? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. <laughs>